Hello and welcome to One Controller Pro Podcast, episode 41. Benjamin Yoder here again this week. Uh, I did not put out anything this week. This week has been very slow for me. <laughs> um, I did that stream on Thursday, but otherwise I, I largely ended up playing a good chunk of uh, Battlegrounds and more Tokiden 2. And uh, I haven't done much else. I did not touch that video since I mentioned it last week, so things are going great. <laughs> uh, I pretty much haven't done anything productive outside of just work. Um, and and I've been taking better care of my eating self. Not eating myself, but um, eating better. So that I did, I did do that. Life was slightly improved, uh, but... But that does not make up for the laziness I had during the week and and getting anything done. Um, but uh, one thing I did I did start I don't know if I started last week or the this week I can't remember. Um, I I mentioned that uh, Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet I've talked about it a lot um, mainly because you know as I've said many times over again uh, part of the team who worked on Freedom Wars is the ones developing that it's the Dimps side of things um, um, and so that's that's really my biggest draw the Fatal Bullet but I I I'm not new to the Sword Art Online uh, space um, I I watched the original anime at some point I thought it was okay um, at the time um and I think like everyone else, or like most people, uh, the second half of that season was, um, I don't know if undesirable is the right word, but, <laughs> but it wasn't as interesting as the first season. It's very strange. It's like they go to, so if you don't know the premise of Sword Art Online, essentially it's like all these people get trapped in an MMO where if they, uh, if they die in the game, their whole brains get melted or whatever. So basically these people... I forget how many people are living in the MMO at that point. Um, and so what I think is super fascinating about sort of online um, is that it's basically forces these people to, because like, it's not just one person stuck in the game. It's like everyone is stuck in the game. It basically forces them to build up like a society essentially within the game. And, and uh, you just kind of learn about some people's like everyday lives within the context of this video game, strangely where, where, you know, individual players have like cooking and blacksmithing skills so you like you don't have to and in a lot of ways this is like the concept of original Final Fantasy 14 1.0 you don't have to be a fighter really you can you can contribute to everyone by just being a blacksmith or something like that you don't have to be be a um somebody who's at the front lines fighting um and so they essentially make this 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 society within this MMO and I, I always really liked that aspect of it it's you know a bunch of people throwing together their lives uh, within this one context working towards a singular goal. Um, and then, you know, once they get out of the game, they're essentially that, that reality is kind of destroyed for them and they, they have to go back to the real world and then find their place in the real world. That's the concept I liked about Sword Art Online. Uh, I can't say I like the characters as much, but anyways, that's the basic concept Sword Art Online. Uh, essentially halfway through the series though, they kind of get kicked out of the MMO early and end up playing in that. Well, some of them get stuck in another MMO and it's, it's a really weird thing. I don't know. So the second part of Sword I don't need to explain it. <laughs> anyway, so there's this game called Sword Art Online, uh, Hollow Fragment? Hollow, no. Mm -mm -mm. Let's look this up real quick. Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment. 
that looks right. So yeah, Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment, uh, they it's essentially both a remake of a PSP game that was put out only in Japan, and then also a new game. So um, what I find really fascinating about Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment is that it actually... Um, and I've written like three articles on Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. Um, it actually... Uh, wait, one, it like converts that whole lifestyle uh, MMO into a, a video game, and then also it makes a lot of, it, it puts, because it's about like also the world and all the people in it, um, a, there's a lot of, almost like a, a return home kind of feel to everything. So you like, you go out to your dungeons and you come home and then you kind of relax at home. Um, I will say most of the characters and the interactions, specifically in Hollow Fragment, are not great because it's just constantly, you know, pining for, for Kirito's attention. It's just, the, the, it's a, one of the uh, harem series, so it's the one guy, Kirito, and everybody loves him for some reason. Even though he's kind of generic. I guess that's pretty standard for like a harem. Usually he's a pretty generic guy, except for he's perfect at everything. Because anime. Um, and video games. I don't like... I don't like... <laughs> I don't like this idea that like, oh, because you're a really good player in a video game, you you succeed really well in real life kind of stuff. That's a whole other topic. Anyways, I'm kind of getting lost at where I'm going with this. <laughs> But I played Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. I thought it was super interesting for a few reasons. One, um, because it's because it's a remake and a new game in one. You would think this would be like, okay, well, you play the, the original game first, or they let you skip to the, the final game, uh, or the second game if you already played the PSP game. But no, they like cram them together instead, so you're actually playing two games at once almost, and there's like different styles of level design and progression between the two games. And it's very bizarre, and it doesn't work very well. Um, but it's kind of fascinating to see them say, hey, instead of just like making it so you play through the first game first and then you play through the second game, let's just integrate them into one world. It's, it's, a, I don't know if I'd say it was very lazy in how they did it. Maybe it was lazy in execution, but it was ambitious in terms of the concept behind it of like, we're going to make these two games one, um, and try to blend them together in a way. Uh, it, it, that being said, the Hollow Fragment was the first time the original game was ever released here. I think it's called Infinity Moment. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, the original PSP one's called like Infinity Moment. Um, and so, so I definitely have like a history with sort of online Hollow Fragment. It's it's such a broken and janky game at times that it it cut my attention for seventy five hours, despite being very grindy and repetitive, and like some of the dullest. Uh, boss and game level design I've experienced in an RPG in a long time, but the the little elements here and there uh, really enjoyed it. If that makes no sense, I highly recommend reading my articles where I talk coherently about this stuff. <laughs> um, I might I might link the two biggest ones in the um in the uh the description because I feel like I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. So, anyways, that was a long way to say that I've been watching Sword Art Online too. Um, I wasn't really expecting a lot from it, especially with how kind of a mess the game was, and then also how the second part of the first season uh, was not great. Um, but I'm actually really liking it. I don't really know why, because the elements um, from the original part, the original first part of Sword Art Online that I really liked, um, where they're, like, they're creating society, don't really exist anymore. So I don't think there's a... a a through line between the original what I like about the original Sword Art Online and what I like about the beginning part of Sword Art Online 2. Um, so I'm still trying to figure that out and I don't really know. My gut tells me there's something there that I really like. Uh, basically in the new one it's like 
nobody's stuck in the MMO, but there's a guy that goes around and kills people um, within the MMO, and then they die in real life. Um, but it has this like weird like PTSD element to it where the Kirito, who was in the original Sword Art Online, killed people in there, and he, so he's kind of trying to deal with with the burden of having killed someone, but it's like really awkwardly placed in because the second part of the of the first season never really touches on that. So it's like suddenly he's traumatized by something that he really didn't have a problem with for a little while. <laughs> um, but hey, you know, I don't know. Their whole justification is that he, he pushed it out of his memory so he would forget essentially. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of preparing for Fatal Bullet by watching this... Um, by watching the anime series, I kind of want to, it was important to me for one big reason. Um, so the, and maybe this is the point I was trying to get to in the first place was that sort of online hollow fragment actually kind of restructures the story of the anime. Uh, I don't know if compared to, I assume the light novels the same, but, um, the same, I assume the light novels are the same as the anime. Um, but, uh, hollow fragment actually completely gets rid of that second, part of the anime and then wraps all the story and plot from that into the first part the more the stronger part of the <laughs> of the series and um and it makes it work like I would say a story that feels more whole um it, it almost feels like sort of online was scared it was going to get canceled or something and so they tried to wrap it up as quickly as possible I have this followed a lot of manga where all of a sudden things wrap up and and they just kind of end in a way that that don't don't feel intended and more feel done because hey you have five chapters to finish this and so everything has to fall into place as quickly as possible uh so hollow fragment really just kind of like makes it so you play the entire story of that original part or at least what would i would consider be the entire story and i would say it's a better story than the anime one um too bad the localization is terrible and there's a ton, a ton, a ton of filler. <laughs> so you're, there's a lot of cutscenes you're going to be sitting there. And everyone's just going to be complaining about Kirito not loving them enough. Because, yeah, they need to love him more. Sword Art Online. That's my general Sword Art Online talk, I guess. Hopefully you got something out of that. I don't know if you did. Um, I would not recommend playing Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. Well, I would. I just... We need to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> if we're gonna, if I'm gonna recommend that to you, because, because there's a lot of bad and a lot of good. Read my articles. That's a plug, right? Read my articles. <laughs> I feel bad saying read my articles, but I, I, I generally think, genuinely think that you'll get a better idea of what I'm trying to say by by reading those articles that I spent a lot of time on. I was actually very happy with how they turned out. I think the first one in particular, I went through a lot of revision on. Um, I didn't think it was going to turn out as well as it did. And then the second part um, kind of came out of of almost necessity because the article was kind of all over the place in the original one originally. And I had to tear the whole thing apart. And then I, when I did that, I essentially removed all story elements from Sword Art Online. Because I really wanted to talk about the game design of the world. And how they were like crammed together. Uh, how they were. And the story doesn't really... Um, the story isn't really affected, oddly enough. But maybe it's because the, the, the interactions are so frivolous. And then so any, any like chance that they might accidentally, you know overlap each other the two stories overlap each other in a way that would conflict i think they just don't have those characters in the new story to or in that part of the new story to kind of like prevent uh prevent anything weird from happening um but yeah 
Uh, I'm just going to shift gears really hard. Um, <laughs> uh, to, uh, I forget why. Um, so I use Feedly as my um, my news source. And maybe maybe a good way to lead into this is that and <laughs> explaining. I haven't really had too much I wanted to talk about news-wise the last, uh, probably the last month, it feels like at this point. I have a Feedly where I just pull in a bunch of articles from a bunch of different websites. Uh, Go Nintendo, VG Charts, US Gamer. Um, all that stuff, and I just try to try to go through there and pick out something I'd want to talk about. And unfortunately, the last like handful of weeks, I've I've come up short. Um, and I I was remembering the other day that I really liked this website called uh, Senpai Gamer, and it used to be in my feed lead, feed. So I was like, I haven't seen a link from their site in a long time. And I think Senpai Gamer doesn't exist anymore. I think they might have died in August of... Well, not there, there's not a person known as Senpai Gamer and they did not die. I'm talking about the website. <laughs> um, I think they may have ceased operation in August last year. Their website seems to go to like a, a dead link. And as far as I can tell, it's been that way since November. So they're probably not coming back. And the last article I saw posted on Twitter was like August something. Um... And that makes me really, really kind of sad. Uh, the reasoning being is that, like, you know, if you want Japanese game news, there's definitely a lot out there in terms of, uh, from a Western perspective. Um, you see Silicon Era. Silicon Era is a great site for that stuff. I don't like their website, like the actual functionality of their website very much, but I really like their content for the most part. Um, but I would say Silicon Era is still very focused on uh, what does this mean for a Western audience? Like, what does what we we're bringing this news over because we believe it's beneficial to you as a Western game player to know this information uh, with the content context of you probably import it or or you know eventually this may get localized or or there's some kind of relevant reason you'd be into this. Um, but there used to be a website and I think they died in like 2013 called uh, Andrea Singh that I used to really like and Andrea Singh was. A really solid website. It um basically would take Japanese game news, and I believe they had a a basically they translated all their articles. So I think there was a a Japanese article that'd be written, and then the English article would translate that Japanese one. I think that's how it worked. It's been a long time, so I could be wrong. Um, essentially, so essentially, what you got was Japanese video game news, like unfiltered, not through Western game eyes, um, presented in English. And I, I always really loved that um, because it's just like, it, this isn't about what's important to me. It's about what's important to a Japanese audience. And that's what I'm going to learn the most from. Uh, so, you know, inevitably what happens is it's mostly like mobile games and stuff. And uh, eventually Senpai Gamer kind of came and took its place, um, just not to a near, nearly as uh quality there was not nearly as barb quality like most of it seemed like google translate articles and stuff like that it was very broken or like maybe it was someone who had english as like a second or third language that just didn't it didn't read well or anything but it still was was con japanese news content presented in english and you know you obviously can go to like a japanese website and and google translate it but um but i think there is a a even with senpai gamer there was a level of of quality to the writing that made it to the point that you could understand it even if it was kind of a nightmarish mess of like grammar and stuff <laughs> um and i don't know any websites like that now um now that senpai gamer is gone and i don't know if you know one let me know um i don't it's hard to find the, that kind of content these days i feel like uh 
just like an unfiltered Japanese news seed, essentially. Um, but hey, you know, maybe I'll start doing Google Translate stuff, or maybe I'll just follow more Japanese websites. Right now, I just think I follow, I forget what it's called, I can pull it up here. Um, but I also used to follow Senpai Gamer in that Feedly feed, but obviously that's gone now. Um, so the other one I follow is, uh, I follow inside, but it's not on the right feed, so I gotta fix that. Uh, I also follow, where is it? Do, 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 VG Charts, Giant Bomb, US Gamer, Silicon Era. It's something, girl something. Dang, I can't find it right now and the page is not loading correctly. But anyways, I follow this one thing called girl something. Um, oh, well, here we go, here we go, here we go. I need, where are the handsome boys? Because it's mostly reporting about handsome boys news. Handsome boys new, where are you? Oh, I'm having a hard time finding anything. Oh my gosh. Girl style. I followed them on there, but I don't know if I've ever had an article that I really liked. I think I talked about Doubt the other, uh, other day or something like that. Some mobile game that I found out about through girl style. Um, but yeah, I need to find more, more websites that report on Japanese content. We are behind schedule. It's time for the fortune cookie. We're going to open that cookie. <laughs> Final Fantasy XI, a Moogle Kupo Kup de Kup de Ta? Kup de Ta? I can't. Anyways, what this is, <laughs> you, might, you definitely recognize the Final Fantasy XI part. You might not recognize a Moogle Kupo de Tat. Um, de Tat. Kup de Tat. That's probably what it is, a pun. Kupo de Tat on Kup de Tat. Kup de Tat? Kup. Kup. I. I don't know English. Well, I guess maybe it's not English. Um, anyways, look it up. Final Fantasy XI, a Moogle something. Uh, what it is is an add-on pack. So Final Fantasy XI uh, went through a period of time where um, after after Wings of the Goddess released in 2008, um, there's, a, there's a few problems that happened. Uh, one, I would assume, is uh, uh, I feel like the player base was shrinking after Argon came out in 2006, 2007. Um, I'm not sure where they are going. I think maybe subscription MMOs were kind of falling out of vogue in general. Um, um, but you had a, a shrinking player base for Final Fantasy XI. Um, and then also the budget was kind of getting... So there's a there's a space budget and then like the actual you know money budget. It's hard for us to say what the money budget was. Uh, but the the space budget of the PlayStation 2... Uh, was preventing for any kind of preventing any kind of like major updates. So the the PlayStation Two has a I believe it's a ten or twenty gigabyte hard drive. I think it's a twenty gigabyte hard drive, and I think Final Fantasy Eleven had ten gigabytes of it dedicated to itself, and it had filled up that those ten gigabytes, and um, and they were trying desperately to get access to more hard drive space from when I recall, um, and and so there's a lot of this add-on content that essentially reused previous areas. And then, uh, in a lot of cases, previous characters and stuff like that too, and tried to tell a a story about characters that ne- weren't necessarily like a a main plot line. So you had one about Aldo, my favorite Final Fantasy Eleven character. Aldo's story is kind of bad though. Um, and there's one about Shantoto, which is the you know most popular Final Fantasy Eleven character. And then there's the Kupo de Tat, which is essentially your little uh, mog house, which is like your house you'd go back to to change your equipment or like switch your inventory around. Um, had a Moogle in it, and uh, that Moogle had its own story. <laughs> um, there was a little bit of story beforehand in terms of um, increasing the size of your, your Mog House. So, like, if you want to increase your spaces from 50 in your Mog House to 60, you do a little story quest, and it was very, very basic.
basic of just like, oh, I need to fix something in this house, essentially. Um, or like, just bring me these two items and I'll make your, your thing bigger. Um, and so this almost felt like an expansion of that. It made this whole story about a, um, <laughs> about like this, this gangster Moogle who was like trying to shake down your Moogle. <laughs> and and like your moogle gets like trapped in a house filled with dead ghosts and spirits for a while and then eventually i mean you still have to keep a moogle in your house so this moogle like leaves your house to go do stuff and gets like trapped in places and he's like don't trust the moogle that's in your house right now he's a doppelganger (laughs) just because they they have to keep a moogle in your house in order for you to you know do stuff um (laughs) but um yeah, it's a really weird side thing, but um, so basically there's these add-on packs that that were just kind of interim between uh, a period of time. If honestly, if Final Fantasy XIV didn't fail, I think those add-on packs probably would have been the end of content updates for Final Fantasy XI. The reason I think Final Fantasy XI ended up with a new expansion after those add-on packs, um, a is I think they finally got access to the more hard drive space, and then b, um, they um. Uh, after Final Fantasy 11 or 14 kind of failed, I think they were trying to prop up Final Fantasy 11 as like a place for people to return to. So by releasing that expansion or like building that expansion at the time, if Final Fantasy 14 didn't turn around, they could hopefully grab back some of their MMO player base because, you know, Final Fantasy 11 was still pretty popular at the time. Uh, and then I, but then, you know, Final Fantasy 14 2.0 completely changed everything around, uh, for that, that that brand for Final Fantasy 14 brand. Um, but nobody had any idea that would happen. So I think they were just preparing for the worst saying, okay, if Final Fantasy 14 2.0 doesn't take off, like we, we want it to, here's the other MMO for people to get back to. Um, uh, so we keep that player base because Final Fantasy 11 is a very profitable game. I think, I don't know if it is still now, but at the time, like, you know, five years ago, it was considered the most profitable Final Fantasy 11 or Final Fantasy ever. And, um, you know, maybe that's changed with Final Fantasy 15, um, you know, because the difference between like a Final Fantasy 15 and the other Final Fantasy before it is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a service based game in in a lot of ways, like, you know, any other video game now, uh, it's constantly being updated with content that you can buy and purchase. And there's, uh, you know, you know, just a ton of content. And I think, I think I read a news story today that they're going to continue to support it with DLC until 2019. Um, so, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Final Fantasy XV in some ways is a live game. Um, it's being presented in DLC packs, kind of like a Destiny, maybe? Maybe that same kind of concept? I don't know if I, I might be stretching. I might be stretching. But, you know, fifteen's going to continue to make money right now. Um, and, you know, previous Final Fantasy before that couldn't do that. So fifteen might be the one that actually breaks, you know, maybe the most profitable Final Fantasy. Or maybe Final Fantasy fourteen will. Maybe it already did, and I just don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy XI Moogle Coupe d'État. Coupe d'État. Coupe d'État. It's um. I wouldn't recommend it. Really, it wasn't very good. Uh, all those add-on packs are not very good. I will tell you that. If you're desperate for Final Fantasy XI content, maybe. But honestly, at this point, I would say maybe just go play another Nation's Quest. <laughs> Because most of the stuff, most of the rewards and content from those add-on packs are junk. Um, or, like, or it's, like, repurposing. So, like, like there's one where it's, like, oh, you're going to have a level cap of 30 and you have to go climb this tower that you climbed back when you were level 30 forever ago. It's almost like a nostalgia ride in a lot of ways. 
<laughs> it's like, hey, go do this garbage from forever ago that you used to do. Uh, now you're gonna do it again, and you know, for an old old Final Fantasy William player, that might be like, oh, I'm so nostalgic. I remember doing this when I was, it, you know, 2004 when I had to do that. But but in reality, you sit down and look at it and like, this is kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> is what this is. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass back then too, but you know, uh, rose tinted glasses. That's gonna be it for this week. I feel kind of all over the place this week, but I felt like I had a lot to talk about, which I think was important. Because last week I felt like I had nothing to talk about, and I was kind of lost at what I was talking about. Where this time I felt like I had so much I was talking about that I was lost at what I was talking about. So there we go. Uh, hopefully next week, maybe I should have just made like an episode ex- dedicated to Sora Online, or have made it, but it's too late. All f- full of regrets. This episode is full of regrets, but I feel relatively happy about it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna try to get some stuff done this week. Um, no promises. I also want to play more video games too, but I kind of feel like I'm in like a a little weird interim period right now. Um, there's some stuff I definitely need to work on, uh, but it's just gonna matter on, uh, where I spend my time and hopefully I spend my time in the right places. We'll see. Uh, so thank you guys so much. I will be streaming again on Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. PST. If you want to come out, check that out. I think the new the new the new tactic is to play like an hour and a half or two hours of Thousand Arms, and then uh, and then play like thirty minutes of another game, a random game in my collection. I play a lot of different games, um, and I have a lot. I don't I don't have a ton that I can present right now because I'm still kind of battling with my capture setup, and then a lot of my games are still back at home in Georgia. Um, I'm buying some shelving so I can hopefully start getting a lot of that stuff shipped out here because it's it's very frustrating not be able to reference that material when I need it. Um, so we'll see, but uh, I think that's going to be the plan for now is play an hour and a half, two hours, a thousand arms, and then and then jump over to another game for like 20, 25, 30 minutes. Um, it's going to be, you know, some of the games aren't going to present very well. I feel like the game I played this Thursday, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, unfortunately. So I kind of just was like, eh, I don't know what's going on here. But we'll see. I might, uh, well, eh, yeah, I won't say what I might, I'm thinking about next week. Maybe make a surprise. A good surprise for all of us. A good time. I might have to prepare it, though, because I'm not sure. I would like to have a save file somewhere decent because the game starts kind of bad. Um, and I don't want to just show the bad parts that everybody knows and loves. No, everybody loves them. All right, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done for this week. It's almost 30 minutes. Goodbye.